How we doing, everybody? Mitch still out. Spencer still in. Welcome to the Spax attack. That's my best Mitch punching Spax impression. Let's bring on the man uh, who's bringing the knowledge on the show. Of course, it's not me. I'm just here to keep the wheels moving here. But Chris, Chris Cacci is our SPAC guru. Chris, what up, man? How's it going? It's going good. How about you, Spencer? I, I I like that punch in action. It looks like you've been watching the show for a little bit to yeah, uh, get Mitch's my, move down there. My best impression right there, the, the, the old Mitch punch. Uh, all right, Chris, we got a good show today. We got a lot of SPAC news, and as you just noted, a lot of green on the screen. We'll get to all of that. Who's our guest we're going to have on in about 10 minutes? Yeah, so guys, super excited. We have a, a very interesting interview today. We have Elliot Habib joining us. He's the co-founder of Angami. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Angami is, you know, the Spotify equivalent in the Middle East. The company is going public uh, with ticker VMAC. So very interesting. They're the market leader in the Middle East uh, for music streaming and also have podcasts and they're getting into some live media coverage as well. So very excited for that interview. As you said, Spencer, lots of SPACs green out there. And we also have some headlines and two deals to talk about, too. Let's get into those headlines. All right, guys. So up first, our headline, former SPAC, Car Lots, ticker L-O-T-Z. Shares are falling today. The company out with a update saying that a leading corporate vehicle sourcing partner has paused consignments to the company. So in the first three months of 2021, this sourcing partner represented 60% of all cars sold and sourced by car lots. 
In the second quarter, the consignment partner represented 50% of cars sold and 25% of cars sourced. CEO Michael Bohr, who was on the show not too long ago, you know, talked about the continuing car chip shortage, now placing limitations on inventory. And unfortunately, this one looks like it's going to hit them hard. They did say they are focused on increasing non-competitive sourcing through consignment, bulk buys, uh, adding new corporate vehicle sourcing accounts, and uh, you know other ways. They're guiding for 14 to 16 hubs to be opened in the current fiscal year, with most of those happening uh, in the second half and now being pushed later than originally anticipated. So new guidance is 13,000 to 15,000 units for the full fiscal year. And they see revenue of $272 million to $317 million. Previous guidance given was 18,000 to 20,000 units sold and revenue of $335 million to $375 million. Remember that Carlot shares sold off after the earnings report, as many predicted, you know, that with the, the surge in car sales, that they would actually raise guidance, but instead they kept it the same. Um, you know, so not positive news out today for car lots. What do you think, Spencer? I think what's obvious is you look at the chart, it kind of says all you need to know, right? I'm not saying, I don't know about this company. I don't know if they can turn it around or not. But like you said, the market is expecting one thing and they did the exact opposite. I mean, in reality, like the the conditions, the market conditions right now would theoretically be amazing. Would they not? I mean, the car market is on fire, right? Used cars, new cars. So the fact that they're having supply issues against this backdrop is, ugh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make me excited. Yeah, and you know, that's one of those things that was probably disclosed in their original filing, but to also f- come to find out that one of their sourced partners represented more than 50% of revenue. Yeah. I mean, that makes you pretty dependent on that company. And as you see today, when that gets paused, it really affects your guidance and also the share price. So no surprise, shares down about 20% today. Um, you know, so keep an eye out on LOTZ. Then we have GNPK, Redwire Space, which has been one of my favorite uh, space SPACs, kind of a, a infrastructure play, a mini space ETF. So they had a couple tweets out. Um, they have solar arrays that are going to be going to the International Space Station. Um, so those are going to be delivered on a SpaceX mission targeted for June 3rd, which would be next week. So we could see Redwire, you know, get some press out of this. Also some photos, you know, of those solar arrays being attached to the International Space Station. So nice positive news out there. And we have CCIV, of course, one of the uh, most followed SPACs out there. Shares up only 0.2% right now. They have a presentation later today. So around 1 p.m. Eastern time. Lucid Motors is going to talk about those new vehicles on their YouTube channel, sharing a presentation, uh, making their global debut. Remember that Lucid also over the weekend had some cars out um, that people could come and tour. And then they did some test drives with some media companies as well. So starting to get through, you know, the, the media circuit right now. I don't think we get a lot of new information from this presentation, Spencer, because, you know, it's already out there. 
Um, but what do you think of this event today at uh, one o'clock? You think we see shares move into the close, or you think this is uh, just a, a normal day? Uh, I I kind of think it's it's a normal day. Uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying because generally I I am like on the on the hunt and watching for upcoming catalysts, whether they be uh, investor focused or otherwise. And this one is doesn't seem to like it's specifically geared towards investors. Um, but this, to be honest, wasn't even on my radar uh, until you brought it up to me. Um, so I, I don't know how many people know about this. Yeah. And, you know, I really thought shares would be up more. Just they had a tweet out yesterday talking about this event. I figured this would be one of those, you know, sell, sell the news, right? But you really don't even have the pop today to, to sell the news. Well, you, so had the, you had the pop yesterday. Looked like yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, it looks like today, you know, just not really moving. But again, if you look at that chart, you know, over the last couple of days, this thing has traded up. Um, so interesting to see, you know, if we get new details out of Lucid and if shares move. So we'll be watching that later. Um, I know, Spencer, you'll probably be able to talk about it at the close at 3.30, mm -hmm. um, you know, to maybe see if this one moved. Then we have GHVI, which is merging with Matterport, a spatial data company. Um, they have earnings out today after close. Oh. Um, GHVI has been a, a pretty strong performing SPAC. Um, up over $14. They also recently added a vice president of international marketing um, talking about the rapid expansion across APAC and EMEA regions. So I think maybe we get some more guidance on international growth um, out there from Matterport. So something to follow tonight after close. Then we have ACAC announcing their merger vote date of June 17th for Play Studios. We'll add that to our calendar. And then our two deals yesterday, LEGO shares up 2% and PTK up 1%. So both deals announced yesterday, shares up on the day. And then we turn to our two deals announced this morning. So we have ticker FORE merging with P3 Health Partners, a patient-centered and physician-led population health management company, a $2.3 billion valuation. Uh, this is a Medicare Advantage uh, company targeting, you know, the, the older population founded and led by physicians. They have a large addressable market for Medicare Advantage, talking about 60 million people, um, you know, in a $300 billion uh, market size. They estimate revenue of $633 million in fiscal 2021, up 31%, and $825 million in fiscal 2022, up 30%. And then our second deal, we have DCRN. This is Decarbonization Plus Acquisition Corp 2, bringing a tr a Tritium public. So Tritium is a, a leading electric vehicle charging infrastructure company. They're going to trade as DCFC on the NASDAQ after the merger. DCRN shareholders will own 24% of that new company. So they're the only peer play DC fast charging manufacturing company with a global sales and support reach presence in 41 countries across four continents. Uh, they've provided 2.7 million charging stations and sold more than 4,400 DCFC chargers. Uh, so right now they have a 15% market share in the U.S., 20% market share in Europe and 75% market share in Australia and New Zealand, which is where they're headquartered. They get 70% of their revenue from Europe, 20% from the US and 10% from Australia, New Zealand. 
Uh, so they talk about reducing the total cost of ownership versus their competitors and also having a smaller footprint. So if you look at some of the charging stations out there, some of them are bulky and you know take up extra parking spaces. Tritium can have those charging stations at the end of the parking spaces, leaving more room for more vehicles to charge. They're going to grow with a new manufacturing plant in Europe, and they have several partnerships with blue chip customers and also growth in the fleet management segment, and, and they're going to get into some licensing agreements. Um, 17 new products to launch, and they plan to grow with entry in new countries and adjacent segments. Revenue of $59 million last year, guiding for $84 million this fiscal year, and hitting $1 billion by 2026. 90% of their revenue comes from chargers right now, but in the future, they want to diversify into revenue streams for services and softwares, and estimating to have positive EBITDA by fiscal 2023. So that's our deals. And then, of course, we have IPOE, the merger vote tomorrow, and STIC on the 28th. And then, as I said, we have those earnings out for GHVI tonight and then ChargePoint CHPT on watch with earnings next week. So that's what I've got, Spencer. All right. Uh, we'll get to our watch list because, uh, as I said at the top, there's a lot of green today. We'll get to those stocks uh, later on. We'll cover questions in the chat. Uh in, in a second, but uh, let's get to our main segment of the day here, our interview segment with our guest. As we mentioned, Ellie Habib at the top of the show. Uh, we're going to bring Ellie on right now. Ellie Habib, as we said, is with the company that bills itself as the Spotify of the Middle East and Northern Africa. Angami, Ellie, welcome to Spectac. Hello, Hello, Spencer. Thank you for having me. Thanks. All right. Let's let's dive into some questions here, Ellie. So, you know, up first, Angami going public with uh, ticker VMAC. So first question here is, why a SPAC deal to bring Angami public? And was a traditional IPO a, a consideration? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Uh, we... We, we are seeking growth. We are f seeking to supercharge our growth. And we are based in the Middle East. We are uh, the leading music streaming service in the region. We have market share upwards of 60%. Uh, in, in COVID times, we really want, I mean, we're looking to raise a round and a traditional VC round. And then, you know, we, we, we realized that the opportunity of being public, tapping in the public market and being able to have a public currency as stock is what allowed a lot of companies during COVID to actually continue grow and purchase other companies by using not just cash, but stock and debt. And we just happened to run through the uh, VMAX, the sponsor of the SPAC, and they are into media and they really co convinced us that, you know, we are uh, growing significantly. We barely have raised any funds. So, far. I mean, over the past years, we only raised 26 million, which is nothing, but we are growing significantly and being on the public market. Uh, tapping into the U.S. public market would allow us to supercharge growth uh, by uh, uh, being able to have pu that public currency that I mentioned. So that's why we decided, I mean, we're, we're just ready to do that since we're growing significantly. 
Awesome. So you mentioned, you know, Angami, the the leader in the Middle East and Northern Africa for music streaming. Um, for those of our viewers who are unfamiliar with Angami, can you give us some more background on the company uh, and maybe some of the yeah. ge geographical areas that you're currently present in? Yeah, great. Uh, so basically, we've uh, we're a, Angami literally means my tunes in Arabic. Uh, we launched. Uh, in, in nine years ago, right? And uh, we, as I said, we did not really grow with a lot of uh, funding. Uh, we started by a loan right before VC. Uh, you know, we put a loan from ourselves. We took a loan from a bank. And then eventually we grew with, with some VC money, 26 million. Uh, but we really grew and significantly sustainably. Uh, we are operating over 16 countries in the Middle East, but the product is available everywhere. We're a music streaming platform, really so it's available on iPhone, Android, or all apps, but we're available also on TV, our car, and everything, right? So we're available for artists, we're available for operators, because we in the Middle East, uh, payment is, is a big deal. Payment is hard because people don't exactly use credit cards. 60% uh, of our uh, users subscribe by mobile operator, by paying via their telco. And then Rami is the only... A streaming service, probably, I don't know whether worldwide, but in the region that has access to 37 telcos that we've built ourselves, direct connections to be able to convert, to be able to, for the user to be able to pay and to grow. And, you know, we expect significant growth because now we're ready, you know, to, to start using marketing. We barely spent marketing in our inception. Uh, so that's a, a simple way of describing Anrami. Perfect. And, you know, one of the areas of expansion after the SPAC deal mentioned, you know, is hitting some new countries. Can you talk a little bit about the, the geographic expansion efforts from Angami going forward? Yeah. Uh, as I said, we, we're, a, we're an Arab platform, but we have uh, all the music, right? We have close to 57 million tracks. A lot of them are international. You know, you'll find everything from Dolly Parton to Drake, right? I mean, and obviously to a lot of Arab music that is available only on Angami. But we've noticed that the Arab diaspora everywhere, right? Whether it's in Michigan or it's in Paris or in Belgium, whatever, are using Angami and, and, and just like that organically without us doing any marketing. And the, there is an opportunity because there is roughly over 300 million users, Arab users that are outside the Middle East and that we can tap into. And so we want to really grow into the diaspora. We'll be doing efforts over the next few months to grow to, uh, exponentially in the, with the diaspora and, you know, to be able to market ourselves, to be able to, uh, to get people to really smell the, the music back home by accessing the biggest library ever for Arabic music. But at the same time, there's a lot of untapped territory in the Middle East that we haven't yet grown into. As talk about like Iraq, you know, you probably hear about Iraq on, on the news on CNN, but Iraq got a 3G network roughly less than two years ago. Uh, so, yeah just less than two years ago, Libya, Sudan, all of that. And there's a lot of tremendous opportunity to grow. So for us, the Arab world is very important. But again, based on our experience in emerging market, we know uh, that we have opportunities outside the Arab world to be able to grow in. And we will be doing that by next year. I mean, I don't want to disclose too much, but clearly uh, there, there are a lot. I mean, uh, the Western music services have focused a lot on I mean, US, Europe and whatever. They have forgotten that, you know, there's a lot 
of emerging markets that are growing, that have a lot of potential. And we really want to go there and check uh, if we can take the learnings and the lessons uh, that we've done in the Middle East over there. Uh, I, I have a question for you, uh, Ellie. Um what is to stop? I mean, Spotify is already in your market, right? So, so what is to yeah. stop? What is to stop Spotify um, or another player? You know, Apple, iTunes, whatever. Uh, to you know, deciding, hey, we we want this market for ourselves, and then just yeah. encroaching on 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 the space that you know you say you have now. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, b by that logic, you know, no company would do anything because Google and Apple and Spotify might eat it or Netflix, right? right. So clearly, they're, they're not doing it. It's simple. It's called focus. You can't focus and focus everywhere. So we're focusing on the region. We're contributing to content. And Rami is not exactly, it's a great question because how, how different are we from Spotify? And the answer is really a lot. We, we, ha we allow artists to upload direct music to our platform, which is something that Spotify never managed to do because it's complicated. We focus on our artists, our part of the marketplace. We produce content. Uh, we're, you know, we're, uh, we literally produce content. We have our own payment network. So we don't exactly use the off-the-shelf payment. So all of that and way more indicate focus. And focus is very important because we understand the region much more than Spotify, right? And their you know, small team uh, mostly built from you know, European people are working in the Middle East. And to do that, you really need to focus. And you know, we grew uh, tremendously when Apple came in 2015. It's important. We were here in the region before iTunes, which is probably one of the few territories in the world. And then we grew uh, by 80% after Spotify came in in 2018. So honestly, I mean, we, we, we'd love competition. We have total respect for Apple, Spotify, and whatever, but they can't focus exactly everywhere in the world. And, and during that time, we're growing and we're going to keep growing. And we also want to grow in different ways. So Anrami, for instance, launched recently live radio, which is something that we were working on for the past year. And... I mean, just sum it up. It's as if, you know, uh, uh, radio and, you know, Clubhouse and, you know, and and music app had had a wedding or whatever. Uh, so we've been working on that for, for the past few years because we've integrated. Angami is very social app. Unlike, you know, all other music streaming apps, we have stories, we have chat, we have ability to connect people together because, you know, I, I like certain type of music and I dislike certain type of music. I will connect with other people who share the same DNA. We call it music DNA. We also have launched something called Live Radio, which enables anybody uh, to have a radio station and literally play music on it, uh, talk like right now. You could have done that exact you know, interview right now with Anangami, but with music yeah. because we focus on music. And why we want to do that? Because Live Radio will allow anybody, music influencers, artists, DJs, small and big, and, and big to really premiere their music on Angami on their own live radio stations and monetize that stations. Yet it might sound for you that it's similar to what others are doing, but we're the only one who focusing on music and we've done that. It's live. We're not planning it. We, we, we didn't buy a company to do it. Uh, we already have it live. It, we premiered it uh, a few months ago. And we, we had launched it earlier in the year without uh, audio, without voice. 
and now we launched voice into it and we're allowing artists to come in and launch music within their own channel launch premiere with their fans so in a in a set, an intimate setting whereby they can talk about their music have their own premiere uh, get uh, you know engagement with their fans fans can you know um, that room can be free or it can be monetized right that is part of our growth and we believe it's very important because it helps us also with the margin because you know live radio is you know clearly it's a radio model it's not on demand when you know you tap in into a channel of an artist or an influencer it's not exactly on demand so it's better on the margin for angami it's it's uh, it allows us to also grow in different ways of acquiring users and you know at the same time allowing artists to monetize allowing creators influencers to have their own audience that they're monetizing on angami so sure. That's why Angami is is very much focused. We're not following an, any other platform. We're we're doing our own way. So last week, um, at least I think it was last week. I don't, time is a circle for me now. But uh, Chris and I interviewed the CEO of Jumia, which is the largest e-commerce uh, company out in Africa. And one of the one of the biggest uh, uh, points that they made was that the African market is really, really difficult for like a company like Amazon to like come into, right? Like we did it and it was really hard. Um, are there any uh, unique challenges that the Middle East uh, or Northern Africa uh, poses in particular that maybe would like dissuade um, a Spotify or an Apple or anybody, you name it, to want to come in there? I mean, clearly they came in, they came in late, but they came in. But it's, you know, for them, it's about enabling, you know, access to a country. So it's not that big, uh, that complicated for them to come in, but to scale, yeah. to grow. Yeah. As I said, we, we built a net, a mobile network. We did not use like Twilio or anything. We built one on one for with 37 telecom operators to enable users and those telecom operators to actually pay and you know upgrade to the premium version of Angami. Uh, that is a, a, a work that we did. We implemented that work and that is took us years to do. Uh, that is quite a huge barrier to growth uh, for anybody if they don't do this. And you know doing it is very complicated. I don't know whether it's worth their efforts on doing it in Middle East or in India, whatever, as an example. Uh, but we did that. That's barrier. Another barrier is music in the Middle East. There isn't a big major label yet. I mean, Universal is not a major in the region. I mean, they don't have like you know 60% market share or 40 or whatever. It's a smallish market share. And we benefit from that because it allows us to, you know, uh, have direct relationship with the artists. So we have a platform for artists to upload music directly to Angami and, you know, to promote their music. And they can, you know, they they create their music in their, uh, I don't know, in their bedroom and they can upload it and they can reach millions of users. That is unique uh, and that uh, that requires a special efforts in the region that is not common. I just listed two things. There are many more that make the Middle East is kind of a different region. Uh, and, you know, it's it's important. We care about that. We are from the region. Ngami has was built from the region. We created our own ad network in the region again to be able to build, you know, uh, to grow our, um, our advertising revenue. And that is, again, 
very complicated to do because you know you can't just put in Google Ads and expect to make money, and that takes a whole lot of manpower and foots on the ground to do that and to grow ad revenue. There's a lot to be done, and we 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 really like the ride, and we can't wait to see to tell you what we're doing after you know after the Spark, after where the IPO, and hopefully in the next couple of months or less. Uh, you know because we have a lot of uh, you know. Rocket stuff we're 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 planning to you know to have in the next few months before even before the IPO that we're going to talk about. Awesome! I want to circle back uh, to the the live radio offering. So uh, you know that that sounds real interesting as we've seen you know so many social media platforms now try to monetize you know their users and allow creators uh, monetization efforts. So. Um, is that currently then being offered or is that in testing? And what does the revenue split look like between Angami and the, the users for live radio? Yeah, great. So in the, the product is live. It's available. Uh, you know, uh, we have artists using it. We have big artists, small artists and fans using it, you know, creating intimate sessions or creating 10,000 user sessions, uh, you know, whereby they're playing music and all of that. So you can create their, your own radio. Uh, you can play music from the repertoire of 57 million tracks, but you, you can at the same time, uh, you know, to, uh, chat with the people in the room, or you can get someone from the room to interview or to talk to or whatever. And there is monetization coming up. So everything is already live. The monetization part is not live. It's going to be live next month. Uh, in terms of uh, revenue, we expect a uh, revenue split. We expect to be uh, to give the artist the big share of the revenue and keep at, at most 20% for us. Uh, so that is in line, if you want to say, with with what Twitter is uh, is going to be launching again. And we hope you know, we will have even ways whereby the artists are going to be the creators are going to be getting more because besides having a room whereby people can pay because it's a ticketed room whereby people can you have to be subscribed to go into it. You'll be able to also get micro payments by sending stars and and what have you, you know, small micro payments. And we're going to have a bigger revenue split for those. Uh, we what is important for us is to allow artists to create content, to create uh, artists to come, you know, to start creating new music in the region, uh, in the Middle East. To do that, we need to provide them ways to generate revenue beside the normal streaming uh, income and by creating rooms that are paid, subscribed, kind of like a Patreon thing, whereby artists will be able to share it with their fans, create music with their fans and create and get revenue also from those subscriptions of, you know, uh, tiers of subscription whereby you might get to talk with the with the artist or you might video call with the artist and you know be closer to them. This will allow artists to to want to create new music, new, create new content, and to engage with their fans, discover who their fans are really are. And you can't do that unless you tap in into Angami because that's the biggest network to reach artists, to reach your fans in the Middle East. All of that is super exciting for us. Clearly, we, it's live, it's available, monetization is coming, and uh, we wanted really to go live with, with the part that has no monetization first to get you know, the engagement, to, to see how people react with it, uh, to it, and to see our, our artists engaging. So far, it's been great, and uh, with monetization coming up, I'm pretty sure people, artists are going to have more and more reasons to come and use and launch exclusive content only on Angami. 
Perfect. So one of the things from the investor presentation was that Angami has a vision to create the largest music and media platform in the region. So obviously we know the music side of things. Uh, can you talk today about you know plans for growth in media or is that something that we'll learn more about after the SPAC deal goes through? Uh, yeah, I mean, clearly radio is part of the media, but there will be more coming after the SPAC. The, the, the live radio allows people really to, you know, what, create what you're calling podcasts because those are talks, discussions, interviews, and they're not exactly just music. And for us, it's, again, as I said, it's an opportunity to create more revenue because right, from free users and from plus users, right, from premium users, because right now... All music streaming services are binary. Either you're free or you're paid. If you're paid, you can't get any more revenue from you, right? I mean, and that is not what we want. We want to be a media platform whereby we're generating more revenue from every segment of the user, whether you're free or whether you're paid. Uh, the, the music was the first step. Podcast and live radio are the second step. More are coming uh, in terms of media because we, what we want to own is, is literally the ear. And, there, and there's an opportunity because we are in... We started as a music platform, so you consume it via your ear, whereby, you know, you can be uh, reading Twitter and, and listening to music, reading a book and listening to music, right? And so Angami is with you throughout the day, and there's a lot of opportunities on other stuff that you can consume through your ear that we really want to do. But at the same time, we're launching video concerts. We've been toying with them. We launched like... Uh, I think so far seven, eight concerts, but we want to allow people also to create their own concerts from Angami, ticketed concerts that will be available. I mean, artists have already used that and you know we've had pretty good success with ticketed concerts on video on Angami and we're going to also do go uh, make that go uh, you know more mainstream uh, because there are opportunities for artists that are creating content anyway uh, and you know engaging with Angami and creating more revenue from the virtual presence covid is hopefully going to go away but you know that experience of artists wanting to generate more revenue from offline and also from digital is very important and we really want to be there uh, whatever and and help uh, our ecosystem and artists are really critical for us and this is how we will generate more revenue but again more will come after the IPO i mean towards the end of the year Awesome. So, you know, one of the things uh, about being a, a publicly traded company now will be looking at the financials. So we've seen the the revenue growth. And then in your investor presentation, you know, it talks about hitting uh, positive adjusted EBITDA in 2021. Is that still on track um, to hit this fiscal year? Yes, correct. I mean, clearly, you know, uh... COVID, despite COVID, despite, you know, the repercussions that COVID created on streaming the, uh, and, and on emerging market, we think we're going to be uh, a bit positive. And we, I mean, clearly our, our target is growth, not being a bit positive, but that is something that we can hit at the same time. But we expect to focus on, on growth and opportunistically, we might want to decide to switch on growth rather on EBITDA because we're, we're going to want to do a, a bit of more aggressive growth strategies uh, and, you know, a bit of more on acquisition uh, in later this year. Uh, so while, you know, EBITDA positive is something we can achieve, I'm going to prioritize growth now and, you know, for the coming few years also. 
Um, Ellie, you noted in the presentation, I'll bring this slide up here, uh, a couple of really large uh, acquisitions that American companies had made to get access to the to the Middle East market, right? Uber uh, and, and Amazon. Um, is that something like, obviously, you, you can't disclose if you're in talks, not that not that you know you are or aren't, but um, is that something down the line that's like a potentially logical conclusion uh, for investors here? I mean, you know, I can't say that. You know, I'm not never going to look into I, that. So I, that is obviously. I'm trying to ask you yeah. in a way that that you can. Yeah, yeah. That you I know, can. I know, I know. <laughs> I understand the question. What I'm just trying to tell you is like. For us, we had opportunities even before the IPO to do something closer to this. Okay. Uh, we decided that we don't want to stop writing our story. That there, there has to be another chapter for Angami, and we really aren't ready to stop writing it, right? And we this is a very good thing that we're doing right now. And I, I think in 2017-19, the SPAC concept, you know, was available but was not used. And you know, Karim and Souk. If if they were new, if they knew about the SPAC, most likely they would have tried actually to avoid an acquisition at that time. Maybe you know later on they would have done it. So for now, for us, we really want to grow further. But I don't discount anything. Yes, I mean that might happen in the future. But yeah. we want we want Angami to grow significantly more before that. Okay, a uh, couple of good questions here from our chat. I want to give our chat some time here. Here's a good one from Sue. Uh, what what are your top five countries just with respect to subscriptions? I mean, clearly uh, Saudi and Egypt are are now on the top uh, list of my our countries. Uh, U.S. is a is a close, you know, one. I mean, oh. yeah, I mean U.S. right. So that tells you how the diaspora is very important. I mean, we definitely, uh, you know, think that uh, there is a lot of opportunity in the diaspora that we will be exploring. Okay. And a couple people have asked about uh, deals with specific artists and or record labels. Uh, are there any that you want to name right now? Like who are the biggest people that you partnered with as far as artists or, or, or labels that, that, that consumers would know? Yeah, I mean, we clearly work with everybody. I mean, uh, the consumer would know we, we, we do... We had a shout out, let's say, from Coldplay last uh, this week, a few days ago. So we clearly work with everybody. I mean, Coldplay is quite big on that, and we've done, you know, something with uh, with big, uh, you know, we're trying to bridge. Our aim is to bridge Western and uh, and Arabic music. We think, you know, the next Despacito can come from the Arab world, and we really want to contribute to it. Unlike other streaming services, we contribute to music. We believe we we want to create music, and you know, that's not not something that is part of uh, what others are doing but Angami has created music we've created uh, around 100 tracks so far and I believe post IPO we will be creating way more music and uh, we, we really want to bridge western and Arabic music we really want to have a big track that comes in from Angami to the world besides you know I mean it, it will be on Angami at the beginning because we want to window all our content at the beginning but just eventually it's going to be everywhere right because we want to grow Arabic music and contribute to more of it being done. Got it. 
Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it from from our questions here, Ellie. You know, we we were able to get to some from the chat as well. So very excited, you Thank know, you. to hear about your company. You know, and again, you know, hear from a company, you know, from the Middle East. Uh, you know, one of those emerging market areas. So again, guys, joining us on the show, Eli Habib, he's the co-founder and chief technology officer of Angami. The company is going public via SPAC merger, ticker VMAC. Thank you, Eli, for taking time out of your busy schedule Thank to join you. us on SPAC's attack today. Thanks a lot, Eli. Thanks a lot. Bye Thank bye. you. All right. Uh, all right. That's. Uh, I feel like we've been pretty active in the in the emerging markets lately, Chris. We've we've been uh, hitting some companies up. And, uh, I like it. I like it. I, there's, I like there's it. More, there's way more to life than just the U.S. Like, there, exactly. There's and a whole other world out there. There's yeah. There's huge population growth, and you know, I mean, one of the one of the key takeaways for me, Spencer, you know, uh, talking about uh, Iraq, right? Where you know we we don't hear that name a lot in the news as, as a positive. You know, we've heard it for years as a war area, but talking about how they have what three G now. I, I mean, so many of these countries over there are just now getting some of this, you know, smartphone technology, which adds to growth potential for, you know, a music streaming provider. So a uh, big picture idea to think about, you, you know, as far as a company like Angami. And, you know, obviously I, I love the questions, you know, from you about, you know, the competition and, you know, they, they label themselves the Spotify of the Middle East, but also Spotify is a competitor there. So, you know, how can they differentiate themselves and grow? So, yeah, it was interesting that he said, I asked the question about, like, is there specific challenges in, in, in your market that would prevent a, uh, you know, a Spotify or an, an Amazon music or an Apple music, whatever. And he said, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> but he did say that they've gone out of their way. And, of, and he would because he's the CTO that they've gone out of their way to build their own technology and not rely on third parties like Twilio, for example, or other payments platforms, which was interesting. Um, the reason I asked the question about the M&A at the end there is because it, it's, it did seem to me that, that they were trying to draw that parallel in the presentation. Like, hey, this is not out of the question. Amazon bought Souk. Uber bought Kareem. These are both very large companies in the Middle East, so it's possible. Obviously, he's not going to say that, but it, that was like the implication to, that I picked up on in their presentation. Um, so, so yeah, so there is there's about to be this big liquidity event for them. They're going public, uh, but that, that doesn't have to be the end of the road, um, though he's not going to say that. It was interesting, Spencer, that he said that they had some opportunities yes. uh, before the SPAC merger along with the M&A talk. So, yes. you know, my question there is, you know, maybe they don't want to eventually be bought out and they do want to do this on their own or maybe the valuation just wasn't there. Um, you know, so they want to go public, they want to show, you know, their growth and then, you know, potentially be bought out. But I, I think this is similar to a, a Jumia, right, where they, yeah. they lay the infrastructure down, they have the customers and a company, you know, rather than coming in, you know, cold and starting from zero, mm -hmm. they, they can buy a company like Angami and get entry into that, like I said, that huge growth, right, of smartphones and, uh, you know, music streaming penetration over there. So, And, and this actually gets to a broader theme that, that, that that's not just uh, Angami, um, that we don't know is whether it's going to happen or not. But I wonder if in a year or two or three, whenever we do start to see a wave of a lot of these uh, former SPACs that are, let's say, trading at lower valuations and they went public at, start to get swallowed up 
by other companies, right? We haven't seen that happen. Obviously, we were, or what, less than a year into like the the SPAC boom, maybe like eleven months. Uh, Nikola was in June of last year, right? So um, maybe down the road we do get that sort of. Um, that wave of M and A. We don't know. It's possible. Yeah, we we haven't seen that lately, Spencer. I know one example. Uh, I think two or three years ago, there was a company that went public with one of uh, Betsy Cohen's spacs. Right, we had Betsy Cohen on not too long ago. Right. That company went public. It traded around you know ten, eleven, kind of flat for a while, and, and then it was bought out. I think for sixteen dollars a share by uh, First Data, which now is a private company as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think we do see that down the road, right? Where some of these companies, they trade at 10 or they trade below. And I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of due diligence out there now, you know, for anyone looking to acquire one of these companies, you've got an investor presentation, you've got all the financials right there. So, you know, instead of having to sign a non-disclosure, you know, start talking with the company, you can start your homework, you know, now that they're a publicly traded company. So exactly. great point there, Spencer. And I think that's something to, to definitely watch in the space. All right. 15 minutes left. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, although I don't know if it's still the case because I've been on with you, we had a lot of green on the screen today, Chris, in SPACland, uh, whether you want to talk IPOE, which we did yesterday, whether you want to talk, who, who else is up today? Because it seems they're all up. Yeah, so we have QS up big, QuantumScape okay. um, up 10%, uh, $26. I'm not seeing any new news out there. Um, it looks like there was an article out on one of the finance sites talking about their relationship with Volkswagen, um, you know, but also could be a potential short squeeze. Remember QuantumScape, you know, they they don't have a product out. They're a couple years away. They, they, you know, reiterated that in their last quarterly financial report. That wasn't too long ago. So this thing seeing some strong volume, though, if you look at that chart there and, you know, trading higher. So uh, remember, this was one that was over, I uh, want like $100 last year um, and has come down. So one to keep an eye on. You know, other big movers, Spencer, we have Hylion, H-Y-L-N, you know, above the $10 level again. It, it's had some resistance. Uh, it's, you know, had a hard time staying above the $10 recently. Um, that one up about 7 or 8%. Tattooed Chef up 8%. That, that's one I heard you talk about this morning on um, pre-market prep. You know, this one has been trading higher. Um, you know, the thing with Tattooed Chef, uh, I'll tell you, Spencer, um, is that they are looking for brand ambassadors um, to grow their their social media campaigns. Oh, I, they, I do they, that. They, they tweet it out. So, I mean, I'm not going to sign up, right, because I haven't had their products. But I, I think that's something to watch, right? Because one of the big stories with Tattooed Chef is that, you know, people might not know their brand, right? They're in Target yeah. stores. They're in Costco. They're in, you know, some of these other stores. But they, they started as a company making plant-based food for for. Um, you know, large grocery stores to sell as their own. Yeah. And, and now they're doing, you know, their own brand of tattooed chefs. So uh, interesting story to watch. I mean, what else is moving? We got Open Door, OPEN up 7%. That was one that uh, uh, Mitch actually talked about recently that he bought shares of. Um, and then, I mean, Clover Health up 6%. Skills is up 6%. Um, you know, just lots of movers out there, um, you know, from SPACs and former SPACs. Also, you know, Nikola up 4%. I mean, it wouldn't be a green day without Nikola, um, you know, being up for, for no apparent reason. Um, 
But that's why it's kind of interesting to me, Spencer, that CCIB isn't up more, right? CCIB has been one of the, you know, most followed SPACs, uh, most talked about SPACs. They have an event today. And when you got a lot of SPACs out there up four or 5%, you know, it's just not seeing the volume or the movement today. So um, interesting, you know, to note that. But yeah, lots of green out there. I mean, Virgin Galactic up another 5%, continuing its move this week. Ride is up 5%. Um, looks like it's it's getting close to maybe hitting $10 today. Um, that's interesting, right? Because I kind of said that, that they had that sell-off after earnings, but they do have that event coming up in June. So, you know, are, are people buying back in, you know, catching the dip? Are they buying in ahead of that event or, you know, just what is going on with, with Ride? Yeah, if I can go back to... Um... Uh, tattooed chef for a second uh you noted that there it's exclusively a, a grocery store product um and i think maybe the reason that everyone know, has heard of impossible impossible meat and and beyond meat or impossible foods and beyond meat is that they're on menus they're on restaurant menus and people see that um i don't know how, how many people see these things in the stores i like 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 you said, and I've said I've never had the product, so I can't speak to it at all. Um, but maybe we should do a taste test here at Benzinga. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point, Spencer. You know, I, I can say I, I've at least tried, and uh, I think it was an impossible burger, right? Because they had it on the menu at, you know, one of the restaurants. And, okay. you know, you, you can try it. You know, I, I feel like there was a huge discount or one of the fast food places was doing, you know, a, a free one, right, to try to get people to try it. Um, you know, so, so very interesting, but yeah, tattooed chef, you know, really think, you know, they're going to go hard on the brand awareness and stuff now. So I'm curious to see, you know, do they end up with, you know, just some, uh, some people with large social media following, or do they try to tackle some, you know, celebrities too, right? If they could get some celebrity endorsers, um, you know, there, there's tons of celebrities out there, right. That have plant-based diets if they could get one of them to be really the face of the brand. And also, like you said, if they could get their products into some of these restaurants, yep. you know, that could be a, a game changer going forward. So, Here, yep. Here's Mudra Capital Tops uh, also having a good day today. Uh, I should know that this isn't all happening in a vacuum. This isn't just SPAC related. It does seem like um, growth tech is uh is is back in favor where you want to look at ARKK's or proxy up two percent ARKW up over two percent so a lot of that growth stuff is back in in play today workhorse I'm seeing in chat uh up almost eleven percent today so a lot of beaten down um stocks uh because growth growth has been hammered uh up big today um we've seen these we've seen this happen a bunch of times in the last um three months um generally speaking they've all been uh pops to sell uh but we you do you do get this rotation every so often where you get like oh like for today we're just gonna buy all the growth stocks that we loved last year and hate this year we're gonna buy them today and sell them tomorrow um, spencer you know what's interesting guess which spec is down today ipoe down three percent yeah <laughs> I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. It is down 2.9%. Um, and the vote is tomorrow. Vote right? is tomorrow. And I, I have an article out. They are planning on trading as the new ticker on June 1st. They're actually uh, flipping exchanges as well. So they're going to move um, from the, the New York Stock Exchange to the NASDAQ and start trading ticker SOFI on June 1st. So, you know, the for me, this is good for me. Because I like don't want to see it go to thirty. You were talking twenty, right? You wanted to see it. Right. 
Right, right. I wanted to see it whole twenty, but I don't want to see it go to thirty because I don't own it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd rather see it um, stay the estate. Well, How do you think uh, a holiday weekend? Do you think that plays into it at all? Because so we're we're closed on Monday, right? And then Tuesday. Do you think Tuesday ends up being a, a dull day? Does that take away some of their you know luster? I don't know if they're gonna you know ring the bell on Tuesday. Probably more like Wednesday or Thursday. And then, you know, maybe they get a CNBC appearance, but does the holiday weekend, you think, affect any of that next week? Maybe, but let's see how the how, how the market behaves into Friday, into, into the weekend, because uh, that's always that's always an interesting phenomenon within itself, right? Is how the market like re- behaves into a long weekend. Uh, do you see a lot of selling pressure into the close? People don't want to go home with anything anything long. They they want to go home flat for the weekend. Um, it, depending on what happens there, then then yeah, potentially there are some implications for like for like SoFi uh, or IPOE. Uh, for example, if if the gains today, like let's say they hold tomorrow, right? Do we see a a, a big uh, sell off uh, on Friday? As no nobody wants to like hold these things into Tuesday. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, a little early early to tell, but I'll be watching the overall market for that more so than any individual stock news or otherwise. It's eleven fifty-three. Uh, you want to do some ticker time? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, was there anything else on the watch list schedule we didn't get to? I I think yeah. that's it. I mean, there yeah. there's just so many. I mean, it's hard to name them all, but like I said, you know, there there's twenty or twenty-five, you know, spacs or former spacs on the watch list, all over two percent up right now. So just a a nice day out there, as you said, rotation back into some of these growth names. But yeah, guys, right. drop your tickers in the chat. What do what do we want to uh, talk about here? Uh, what do I see? What do I see? Uh, Luke says, check your text, Chris. No, don't do that while we're on stream. Um, what thoughts on, uh, oh, SPCX. Okay. This is not the one that I, I bought and sold. I bought one of the other ones, but SPCX is the, uh, is that the actively managed, um, ETF? SPCX, I think, is the actively managed one. That's the actively managed one. Um, SPCX is the one from Tuttle. Right. Um, Tuttle's doing a second one, right? Yeah, so Tuttle just put out a DSPAC ETF, Spencer. I don't think we've had a chance to talk about that, uh, me and you. He actually put out two. Um, There's the DSPAC uh, DSPC, and then there is the inverse SOGU which is the short DSPAC ETF. So you can actually bet against. So this is going to be 25 of the the largest um, former SPACs over the last 12 months. So once those SPACs hit a 12-month um, from their DSPACing, they're no longer available for the index. And again, they're going to pick 25 of the largest, not necessarily the largest, because it's all about having access to be able to short them um, but you know, you got companies like Ride, um, you know, Open Door, and uh, others in that SPAC. But getting back to SPCX, this one, yeah. it, you know, I, I like it. This is the one that has uh, heavy exposure to SPACs that have not announced deals. Yep, I was going to actually share my screen for a second and show you the top holdings, and it's pretty much exclusively SPACs that are pre-deal. Right. Yeah, because uh, as when I talked to uh, Matthew Tuttle on the phone the other day, you know, one of the things of a lot of these SPAC ETFs is they're kind of split between yeah. 
current SPACs and, and uh, you know, de-SPAC companies. And Tuttle's really gone after the peer play. So this one is companies that have not completed their SPAC merger. And yep. then, as I said, he's launching the de-SPAC. So I think this is a good one to get exposure to, to companies pre-deal, um, which right now are beaten down. So um, we'll see how this performs. All right. What else from from chat? What about uh, bah, 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 PaySafe? Somebody, two people asked about PaySafe. Yeah, PaySafe. And I, I saw Carl mentioned that in uh, talking about the, the Amazon MGM deal. Um, I'm going to have to dive into that more because maybe there's a, a connection there. But PaySafe is the company, you know, that helps digital payments for companies like Roblox, Fortnite, some of the online sports betting companies. I, I like it. Um, you know, it's kind of like a thing behind the thing to, to help get payments to these companies. Um, you know, it, it started out hot. And then, you know, right away from that merger vote, you know, it has fallen, but it has started to trade up over the last couple uh, weeks or days. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of this one long term. Let me see going through the chat. BTAQ, that's pre deal. Yeah. So BTAQ, still no deal. I do own shares of this one. It's the former CEO of uh, Hewlett Packard. Um, they're, the thing I like about them is they they mentioned in their prospectus that they're targeting, um, Israel, that there are so many companies, emerging tech companies from that region that are, you know, raising money. They're talking about IPOing or go going public via SPAC. So I like their connections there. Um, I still think they get a good, a good deal, but you know, time will tell. And this thing has traded, you know, under 10 for, for quite a while now with the rest of these uh, pre-deal SPACs. There's a lot of good uh, tech companies, tech and biotech to come out of Israel. The one thing you got to be uh, be mindful of, and this actually is not specific to Israel, really any emerging market is the regulatory environment is a little bit looser. Um, so I'm always mindful of that um, whenever uh, I'm looking at companies outside the US, but there's been a lot of good companies to come out of a companies in tech and healthcare specifically to come out of Israel. Uh, Teva comes to mind. Uh, okay. It is 1158. Chris, let me see. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. So Spencer, I saw one person mention uh, jam city in the chat. So okay. that'll lead into some housekeeping here. Yes. We actually have an interview with a jam city tomorrow on the show ticker X P O a. So Cole in the chat, uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. And, and then also on Friday, Spencer, we have the founder of Beachbody, right? The the fitness company, uh, which is going public, ticker FRX. So two interviews over the next two days. And then, uh, Spencer, you want to tell people, I know we've got a cannabis conference coming up next week. So we will not have SPACs attack on Thursday and Friday, but you're not going to want to miss this. Some great cannabis companies presenting. And also, I was told that Glass House, ticker GLHA, which is a, a cannabis SPAC, will be presenting. And then Clever Leaves, CLVR, which went public via SPAC, they will also be presenting. So you can get some more information about cannabis companies and some cannabis SPACs out there. Whenever I think of Beachbody, I think of, I, I had a, a roommate in college that uh, did Beachbody for like, I don't know, a semester. And or no, it was like over the summer. That's what it was. And every day he would post like Beach Body Insanity Day Ten complete. Beach Body it, Insanity. It doesn't day, count if you don't post day, it, right? Day Is that how that works? Day Eleven complete. 
<laughs> just like all summer with this guy. And by the time I saw him again in the fall, I was like, how's that beach body going, man? Like you post about all, all the damn time. Anyway. All right. We, so we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, that, that's going to be a wrap for SPACs attack today. Everyone, please, please, please drop us a like on YouTube. Don't forget to enter our contest to win a free share of Tesla. Click on the link in the description of this video to learn more. Chris, fantastic job today, as always. Thanks to all of you in our chat for participating. We appreciate you. Uh, Power Hour coming up next. This video will redirect straight to that, so you don't got to do anything. And um, we're going to hop. So, Chris, I will uh, talk to you later, man. Thank you, Spencer. Thanks, everyone. Power Hour coming up next. Genius Brands, G-N-U-S. Stay tuned. That too.